I don't know about you guys, but finding motivated seller leads, good ones that you can buy at a significant discount to make a massive profit on are few and far between. They're hard to come by unless you're doing a lot of marketing to find these motivated sellers. One of my favorite ways to find motivated sellers that's actually one of the cheaper ways, the more inexpensive ways, is driving for dollars. I love doing it. My three biggest deals to date, 60, 80, and $100,000 wholesales have all come from deals that I acquired driving for dollars. Guys, I love driving for dollars. I use Deal Machine to help track it. I use them to plot where I have been, as well as build lists. Occasionally, I'll use them for some direct mail and skip tracing. But regardless, I like using the app versus the old-fashioned route of trying to take pictures or write down the addresses because it's safe. It's a lot safer that way, and it actually makes driving for dollars fun. Guys, if you are interested in driving for dollars, go use my code Dave, D-A-V-E, over at the Deal Machine app. And with that code, you're going to get a 14-day free trial. You're also going to get $15 in deal credits. And these deal credits can be used to send some test direct mail or even some real direct mail um, or skip trace your neighbor, your friend, your girlfriend, whoever that might be, and instantly get phone numbers and email addresses. It allows you to play with the software. I absolutely love it. I use it two to three times a week minimum. Again, go use my code DAVE, D-A-V-E, to get a free trial and some free deal credits. Test it out for yourself. I promise you, you are going to love this piece of software. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am excited today to bring Van Sturgeon on the show. And Van is going to talk to us today about how to save 30 to 50% on your rehab project. So I'm super excited to hear some of the fascinating things that Van has to, to teach us today as well as get the opportunity to you know, network and learn more about Van. Van, welcome to the show. How are you well, doing thank today? You for, I'm very good, David. I've been looking forward to this, uh, to this interview, so I really appreciate you taking the time for little old me and having me on your, on your great podcast. I listened to you two boys uh, uh, for a long time, and so I really got, appreciate the opportunity being on and share some of the you know, the gray hairs of wisdom that I've obtained over the period of time of, of 30 years, over 30 years of being in real estate. So I, I'm looking forward to great conversation. Hey, we're happy to have you here, Van. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you are doing currently as an investor or what you have done, you know, so on and so forth. Who is Van Sturgeon? Well, I'm going to tell you that uh, Van Sturgeon is a, is a kid that grew up uh, in Chicago, 
back in the late 60s or so. And, uh, and uh, I was living over there with my parents and my younger brother in a one-bedroom apartment in Chicago. And what, uh, what my parents did, did, were doing, just like every average folk was trying to put, uh, you know, save up all their money to buy you know, their, you know, the American dream to, to buy their own home. So ultimately what ended up happening was as they're saving their money, they discovered that the building that they were renting from, they, that, that apartment was actually went up for sale. And so uh, instead of buying that, that dream home, they ended up becoming landlords. And so they bought that, uh, they put their money down with some help of friends and family and they were able to become landlords and actually purchase the building that they were renting from. And uh, so this is they your became landlords, about, right? Pardon me? This is your parents you're talking about. Yes, yes, my okay. parents. And so what ended up happening was they ended up uh, uh, taking over. And it was around that time when, when they moved in in uh, the late 70s. And you're too young to remember back then. It was a pretty miserable time. Interest rates were, were all over, like we're 18, 20%. Uh, the economy was going down the tubes. And you know, I remember standing in line with the old man pouring gas in my waiting in line to pour gas in our cars because of the oil, or oil shortage, the gas shortage. So it was during that period of time, the buildings around us, we should be a nice little neighborhood in Chicago there where we are, we, where we were, uh, landlords were starting to torch their buildings uh, so that um, to collect their insurance money because it was such a miserable time. And my parents had to go through 40, it was around 40, 50% of vacancy uh, because of how bad it got. And so wow. as a result, as a family, we had to sort of get together and, and buckle up and we did everything ourselves. So that's from painting the plastering, cleaning toilets, you name it, we did it. And that's the background that I got came from is uh, I got that the renovation side uh, component experience all right from uh, from an early age. So fast forward, I went to, to university, graduated, and then eventually I decided to start being a lawyer, I wanted to become a general contractor, I wanted to stay in the real estate industry and renovation. So I opened up a general contracting company in Chicago. And then uh, I started to grow that business. It was developing early 90s. And as things progressed, I kept bumping into the same types of uh, cats, the same types of people that would buy and flip homes or buy and hold to uh, create buy portfolios uh, of real estate portfolios and grow them. And so I started to dabble in that as well. So from, from growing my general contracting business, I eventually along that same side, I was developing you know, flipping homes. I started and then started growing into buying holds. So approximately now I've got a uh, over a thousand uh, rental units or doors, uh, as we say in the industry. And I still have a general contracting business, property management. I still have a restoration company, uh, general contracting. I still do that, but I'm sort of in that. I've got really good, great people in those uh, businesses. And right now, sort of some are retired and, and um, you know, the, doing what I did over the last 30 years has taken a lot out of me. So I just wanted to dial and shift in my life right now and spend more time with family. And uh, I'm looking forward to helping people. I, I, this is one of my passions is telling people about my experiences and, you know, walking them through the hopes of trying to plan and manage a renovation so that they can save a lot of money and also learn a skill set by the, at the same time. Right. I love it, man. So you currently have over a thousand doors. You had mentioned that you're still in the general contracting business. What other businesses do you own and operate? Do you have a, a, a management company too? Yes, I've got a property management. And none of this, David, was sort of planned out. It sort of, it, it sort of evolved. So from the general contracting, I started uh, you know, building a portfolio. When I hit 70, 80 doors, I realized, why am I paying a property manager? Uh, why don't I create this company and look after it? And then also I had these relationships with other real estate investors where they 
pet portfolios that I actually then started dabbling in and looking after her portfolio. So it, it became a natural progression. And from there, got into some land development. I still, uh, I still built homes uh, from subdivisions to custom homes. And I also do restoration work on high-rise commercial buildings. So if you ever see a crew out there hanging off of balconies up an 18-story uh, apartment building or condominium or underground garage, that's the kind of work I also do. So I've got a number of different companies, but I'm sort of the best of myself. I, I, I let good people, I got really good people running them and I sort of jump in every once in a while, see how things are going. So that's what I do. Wow. It sounds like you got your hands full, but uh, you're retired. So you got people in the right places running and managing these companies for you. I love it. Very, very fascinating. So background in general contracting, uh, multiple businesses. You're obviously a super successful entrepreneur. And, um, and again, you started in the general contracting as well, which is a good thing um, in order to, you know, really have a good understanding of the rehabs. And that's really the main topic today was, you know, how to save 50 or 30 to 50% on a rehab project. So, um, Van, what tips and tricks do you have that you can share with us to help us save some money when it comes to us renovating or rehabbing, you know, our property? And most of the investors on this podcast are going to be new investors um, that are going to most likely be doing, you know, wholesaling and or sm small buy and hold, of course, uh, typically single family or small multis. Again, I would think would be the majority of the audience that we have just based on the previous 264 episodes of content, right? right. Um, so yeah, fill us in, man. What kind of sure. tips and tricks do you have for us today? I'm super curious to hear all about it. Well, one of the things that we talked about off uh, uh, before we got on this uh, interview was uh, it's, I, if you really want to be a successful real estate investor, uh, what you guys are, are doing and getting the word out on the wholesaling side is extremely important. I think that being able to find opportunities off market and not just run to the you know, you know to the internet and MLS and try to find a deal. You and I know, and everybody should know who's been listening to this podcast religiously, we know that there's no deals, or very rarely there's deals on MLS. So you got to go out there and and figure out other ways off market to find these opportunities. That's exactly right. And once you've established that network and that ability, it's amazing what uh, things can happen. You can uh, you become very successful right away. And also at the same time, you you attract people with money and opportunities and you create the power team where you then really can kick it up a notch and grow your business. So that being said, one of the one of the pillars, I think, uh, of a successful real estate investor is that you need to also know and understand the renovation rehab side of the business. For example, if you right now get this hot lead on a property and you're walking through and where you only have a couple hours to make a decision, whether you want to make a deal or you don't, you got to be able to have a full understanding of how long it's going to take, what the cost is going to be, and evaluate that in terms of what the value of the property is that you're looking to put an offer in on an off-market basis, right? And that's that can right. go on MLS or on something that's off-market, right? Yes, and sir. so you can't make up, you can't call up your little, your brother-in-law, the contractor. You can't call in a property inspector. You need to be able to go in there, look at the place, and in 20 minutes, be able to come up with a value to throw at this potential opportunity and walk away with a deal. If you wait too long, somebody else is going to come in and swoop it from you. So I think that as part of the 
elements that you need to become a successful real estate investor, you need to be able to make that assessment on what, how, how long and how much it's going to cost to do a rehab rental on a property. So uh, I, that's where I start. To, uh, that's the basis I start off my engagement with people helping them out is try to figure out what is the systems and strategies that you need to implement in every single rental rehab that you're looking at doing so that you can produce the same consistent results time and time again. I've done, I've literally have done thousands of renovations from apartments to single family, commercial, residential, whatever walks and curls I have, I've done. So I understand and have a basis and I've created systems that I use in my business to be as successful as I've become that I, I think that people need to actually implement in their lives if they want to become successful uh, real estate investors, whether that's wholesaling, whether that, all that, all that stuff, uh, you need to have these critical tools, like the systems, you need to have them. So to really bounce into it, like one of the first things that I, I find that many new real estate investors struggle with is that they don't have a clear defined goal of what it is they're looking to accomplish with this renovation, with this rehab that they're considering doing on a property. So if you're looking at flipping a house, or if you're looking at renting it to, to you know, renting it out, you know, buy and hold strategy, you got to have an understanding of what it is that, what does this property need you got to get out there and get out the information. You got to you got to visit a property. So, for example, you got to you want to rent out this particular property for twelve hundred dollars a month. Well, if you want to rent that out, you need to go out there and validate that. You got to do your research. You got to go look at other properties that are renting for that mark or more or less, and sure. understand what it is they need in terms of rehab. Yep. Whether you're looking to flip a house and make 50, 80 grand on it, you got to also understand what it is that you got to put in that property. And a lot of folks don't do that. And it's really a fundamental uh, step that you need to have to do, that you need to do. And often they rely on other people to figure this out for them. And you can't, you got to do that yourself. Right. So once you've got to able to identify the goal and you've written it down, you stare at it, everything that you do, you got to filter through that goal. And so if I'm looking to make rent it for $1,200 or make it to looking to flip it and make 50, 60, 80 grand, everything that we do has got to be through, used through, you got to filter that through that goal. So the next step is once we validate it, understand, okay, what, do you, what is out there in the marketplace that we can get realistically $1,200, $50,000, we move to the actual property itself, where we go and do an overall physical assessment of the property and determine, create two types of lists. One's a needs list, one's a want list. Mm. What that means, David, is needs are something that have to be done. So when you walk to a property and you see a gaping hole in the roof and there's water's coming down, rain, rain's coming down, that's a need. You got to address that. But oftentimes when new real estate investors come in, they jump in and they immediately assume that the windows of a property are 40, 60 years old, that they have to replace them. And that isn't a need as far as I'm concerned. That's a want. Unless that window's broken and allowing Mother Nature to come in, that's a want. That red shaggy carpet that's from the 1970s, you're too young to remember that beautiful red shaggy carpet. It's in the living room. You know, that carpet sometimes, if it's still functional, it's not causing anybody tri uh, trip hazard. You hold on to something like that because, again, at the end of the day, we need to save as much. We need to keep as much money in our pocket. And there's only so much that you can do to a property, perhaps, to get to that point where you've maximized value, whether it's in renting it or flipping it. So it. when you create those two lists, that's when you really got to understand and appreciate what it is that you need to do in the project. And then you move on to the next step, which is budget. Like how much money do you have in the kitty? And when you get that dollar value of how much you know, and there's things that you can do that a lot of people are not really exposed to if you, unless, you're, unless you're experienced. 
Like there's opportunities with lines of credit. There's opportunities with hard money lenders. There's also even government programs, depending on the municipality and area you live in. Sometimes you can tap into some free money. There's also opportunities with credit cards. Sometimes our home improvement centers give out these credit cards. We give you, you know, six months, no payment, no percentage, no nothing. You know, these are the opportunities that perhaps that you can use to be able to get the money together to do whatever it is that you're looking to do, whether it's flipping a house or, or renting it out. So those are the types of things in an offset in the planning stage that I really encourage people to, that I oftentimes see people not completing that leads them to, it's like that foundation on a house. You know, when you're building a nice strong house, you need a nice strong foundation and planning is so critical. The goal is so critical. And then after that, if you got that solid foundation, it's really easy to build that house. Love it. Very cool. So start by putting together a rehab plan and separate the needs from the wants. Next step you had mentioned is, you know, your budget, put together your budget. And then what was the, the third thing you had mentioned after the well, budget? I, well, but once you've been able to put that budget together, then you, you, you're in a position where you are now are able to move on to the next phase, which is still part of the planning process. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to really spend some time on this because it's often miss uh, uh, out there. Uh, with with folks, whether they're new real estate investors or seasoned real estate investors, like I keep seeing the same issue time and time again. As I mentioned right from the beginning, David, I am a real estate uh, investor, but I'm also a general contractor. Like that's where my background is. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have walked into proper uh, opportunities, whether it's on the commercial side or on the residential side, when I'm bidding on work as a general contractor, it's amazing how things are so similar on the commercial residential side, but at the same time, so completely different. On the commercial side, when I am called to price out something, I get a document. It's called a scope of work. And within that document, it's itemized every single minutia that's associated with that project, that renovation. So it could be from the point of what the color of the walls are, drawing specifications, the type of appliances, hardwood, all that good stuff is put into the actual document and is broken into certain into different disciplines. One for the electrician, the painter, the plumber, whoever is involved in that project, right? That's on the commercial side. Unfortunately, on the residential side, that is almost never is the case where an actual document is created for the renovation that, that you're contemplating that's supposed to be initiated. And Oftentimes, new real estate investors will just make a phone call to several general contractors and assume that they're going to plan and manage their renovation and come up with a price. And the difficulty, you, you're, touch, you're understanding what the difficulty is, is that how me as a real estate investor is looking to save money, make the most amount of money out of this opportunity. How am I going to be able to do that if I've got, I, I, I don't have a comparison of apples to apples, Meaning if I just call up a couple of general contractors to give me an idea of how much things cost without an actual being able to compare all the same thing, I end up with a disaster. I'll end up with guys who give me a quote of 50,000, another guy 80,000, another guy 120,000. And it could be that the guy who's 80,000 is a much better deal than the guy who's at 50,000 or 120,000 based on what he's included in that renovation. So, one of the things is incredibly important uh, on the residential side, as it's happening in the commercial side. Unfortunately, on the commercial side, you have architects, engineers who are putting that scope of work. But on the residential side, you don't have to be as detailed, but nevertheless, you still need to create that document so that once you have it and you have all the disciplines identified, what is it you're looking to accomplish, 
you tender that out to the electrician, the plumber, the painter. And all of a sudden, these individuals are pricing out apples to apples. Every quote that you're going to get, you're going to get back. Uh, you, you, can, you can compare them. Ultimately, at the end of the day, true savings in this. And what I'm proposing to everybody listening is that I want you to become your own general contractor on your renovation or develop a skill set and or develop a skill set so that you're wholesaling, you're out there looking at properties, you have an understanding of what it is that's going to take time and money and what you need to accomplish within that property to be able to put a value on it so that you've got a number to be able to offer that potential you know, wholesale deal or, or opportunity. And so these are the, so these are the types of things that uh, that I see out there that is really important is to create that document that people can use. Nice. So you have some examples that people can use then. Absolutely. Like I, I've got I've got a library. Like I've done the, like I said, I've done thousands of these, and I've got a library of clauses and things in the system. I uh, literally a system to be able to walk people through a, through a property and identify the things that they want. In conjunction, prior to that, you figure out what your needs are, what your wants are, how much money you got in the kitty. Once you've got all that figured out, then you create a document and you put all of that stuff in. You take a couple of photographs, you scratch out some drawings. Every piece of information that you conclude that scope of work further defines all the people that are looking at it. You know, all the contractors, the trace people are looking, all the electricians know, oh, you want four plugs. Or the plumber, oh, you want this type of faucet. Or the painter, this color. Do you know how many different types of paints there are? Do you know how many different finishes there are in paint? How many different qualities they are? And so if you just go call up a painter and say, yeah, I want my house painted with a white color, that doesn't mean anything. And me as a contractor, I need to have that in order for me to accurately quote it. Because guess what? If I don't, I'm just going to use the cheapest material. And me as a contractor who's been doing it for over 30 years, I really don't like involving myself and I do good work and I do quality work. I stand by where I work. I really don't want to get involved in projects when people don't have it figured out because I have discovered in my life and it's been, a, you know, I've gone through the ropes. I've uh, done a lot of these that when people are prepared, uh, I like doing business with them because it's bang, bang. I flip my, I, I do the job and I move on to the next project. The projects that bog me down where I lose money are the ones that people there's indecisions we don't know what's going on we're trying to figure it out and that leads to chaos which me i just want to get my work done and move on and any good qualified trace person or contractor always wants to be in those situations where everything is understood just go in there do their work and get the hell out they get paid and they move on to the next project and that's why you see so many horror stories there's 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 channels there's tv shows dedicated to to, to contractors and, and you know, and, and disasters where people, you know, contractors start things and they disappear. And just because there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of things that you, the principal, the homeowner, the, the investor, the, the real estate investor that needs to have figured out prior in the planning process and managing it, that I, I rarely, rarely come across situations where uh, it's not a, a successful process where I've saved money and I get the final product done on time and budget. Love it. Very cool. So guys put together these scopes of work van. It sounds like has some, some free giveaways or some tools to help you put together these scopes of work. Cause if you are new, you know, that can be very overwhelming. Like where do I even start? Right? So van, what do you got for us, man? Well, I, I've got a, I've got a website uh, that I've developed uh, where I've got a, I've written a number of articles over my uh, over my years that uh, that have been published in a couple a bunch of different places. Uh, I suggest I encourage people to go on my website as a source of information. 
Um, also, I think there's a free training uh, that I'm providing also that gives you sort of this, what we discussed right now, but a little bit further in depth about why you yeah. should be your own general contractor mm-hmm. and, and not give it, you know, manage, plan to manage the process uh, on your own. And then really what I really would encourage people is to go is uh, download. I've got a free renovation calculator that I'm offering. Uh, you download it and it's a beautiful piece of machinery that took, uh, took my team and I a couple of months to put together. And ultimately what it is, is uh, it's a, a thing where you can enter what it is that you're looking to accomplish in that property. Okay. And it'll spit out what the renovation what's the, budget what's should be. What's the URL? Be. What's the website? It's uh, www.vansturgeon.com. So V-A-N-S-T-U-R-G-E-O-N.com. Vansturgeon.com. Awesome. So over there on that website, you have a free, sounds like a calculator. That's correct. So awesome. it's a it's a program that uh, you get your email. It'll uh, it'll email it over to you, and that way you've got something you know that'll give you a good sense of what the cost would be associated with this rental rehab that you're looking or contemplating doing. It's a good start point. Now I've developed it for all across North America, so it's a generalized kind of idea. To get really more specific, you need to get into every single you know every locale has got their own minutia, right? And especially now with uh, with how commodity prices have skyrocketed, you know, some, some areas might not be as accurate as it should be because of what we're going through right now. It's craziness right now. So, right. but nevertheless, right. it gives you a rule of thumb what you should be expecting uh, in a rental rehab. Interesting. So you have a free calculator and then do you have, do you have uh, some tools over there in terms of, you know, teaching people about scopes of work, how to generate them? So on yeah, so like forth. the, yeah, all the stuff that I talked about, I've got I've got online on my website uh, where there's an actual section uh, as well as articles that I've written uh, as well. I've got a blog area where people are more welcome to go and read the stuff that I've uh, written, and it gives you a good idea of a sense of why why what are the steps you should be taking in the planning and execution of a, a successful rental rehab, how you can save thirty to fifty percent on on a renovation. And people ask me, well, how can you do? How can you save that much money? It's very simple. I, we eliminate the general contractor out of the equation and we insert you in and you plan and manage your renovation. And not only are you going to save a lot of money, you're also going to learn a skill set, which is going to help you. If, you're a success, if you want to be a successful real estate investor, it's a critical component, a critical skill set you need. Like as I mentioned earlier, when you walk into a property and you got a snap decision to make on what, you know, whether you buy or you don't buy. And so- I've got all that information on, on the website. So I encourage people to go and, and uh, take a look. And if they ever want to reach out to me, they, they're more than welcome through social media. I've got uh, Facebook and Instagram, as well as a contact page on my website. So more than welcome to come. I'll uh, do what I can right. to help them out. So guys, connect directly with Van, Facebook, Instagram, and or there's a contact page on his website, which is Van Sturgeon. Dot com V-A-N-S-T-U-R-G-E-O-N.com. And basically, you know, he's going to teach you over there on that site how to save 30 to 50% on your rehab projects. And, 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 and the majority of it, it sounds like, is going to be, you know, done by removing the general contractor from the equation, inserting yourself there. And in order to do that, you are going to need to learn about rehab and you're going to need to learn about scopes of work. Uh, therefore, when you're getting your bids, like Van said earlier in the episode, you always want to be comparing apples to apples, not apples to oranges, right? So make sure that when you're putting together your scope of work, 
you use that to get your bids, right? And he was, a, he's a 100% right. When you're doing commercial work, you know, everything is done by an engineer or an architect, um, you know, and if not, it's at least put on paper in terms of scope of work, right? What is done? What are materials? When can we expect it done? What are the expected costs? So on and so forth. And when you move over into the single family or the small multifamily realm, it's often not done that way. But here's the deal. It should be done that way, right? I think a lot of times it's not done that way just because you're dealing with less sophisticated people, less sophisticated investors, and maybe even less sophisticated contractors. Uh, but what Van is teaching here today and offering in terms of some free giveaways you know, is a solution to basically save money, but also do it the right way. Last thing you want to do is take the cheapest quote, but then you only get you know, 50 or 60% of the needs handled from the needs and wants list that you had mentioned. So Van, I, I love it, man. I totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, you know, again, you could connect with Van on Facebook, Instagram, or head on over to his website. And there's a contact page there. He's given away a free calculator, which will help you, you know, generate uh, basically a scope of work and or the cost of what that project should be. And again, depending on the market you live in, those numbers may need to be tweaked a little bit, but that's okay. At least it's going to give you a place to start, right? It's going to give you a foundation to work on. Um, but again, the main way to, re to reduce the cost of your rehabs, you know, by, by 30 to 50%, even if it's a little less than that, savings are savings. Who doesn't want to save money, right? Um, you, you do so essentially by removing the GC, guys. So become that person. And again, it's not just something that you can just do overnight, but, you know, start learning, right? Start putting in the, uh, the, the pieces of the puzzle there, right? To learn how to be that person. And, and it's probably not going to be easy. Let's be honest, right? It's maybe difficult to, to, to do, but if you can learn how to do this, right? That's the thing. If you can learn how to do this, you're going to save a substantial amount of money, especially if you're doing multiple rehabs, guys, if you're doing one or two rehabs, Hey, might not be, you know, something that you're looking to do. You may be willing to just pay more money for ease of use, right? Pros and cons. But if you are looking to become, you know, the investor that's doing tons of rehabs, you're adding rentals to your portfolio, or you're just doing lots of fix and flip it, flips, you need to become that general contractor because it's going to save you money. I love it. Van, what what I miss? No, that you've got to nail the, like we can talk for, for, uh, for longer about the actual, you know, what are the things that you look at in uh, contractors and hiring them? Let's but talk pretty about much some you, of those things. I'm well, very interested. Well, with regards to like the, the uh, contractors, uh, it, it's interesting that I, I, one of the biggest uh, issues that I find with a lot of uh, new real estate investors is that they, they end up giving out too much money on the initial deposit and then in progression payments as, as you know, the work uh, goes on with the, you know, during the duration of that project. And I, I strongly, I'm, I'm just, I'm strongly discourage people from doing that because ultimately, you know, listen, contractors and these tradespeople are not like McDonald's. Like they're, they're McDonald's the only place where you pay ahead of time to get your hamburger. And it's often a, a, an analogy that I use, you know, try to, uh, as an investor, you try to minimize the amount, the least, you try to, you know, the least amount of money that you want to put out. You want to see service provided, and that's when you make payment. And if you get into a habit of doing that, it's amazing how 
how uh, attentive contractors and tradespeople are when money is owed to them versus you, you know, are in the, in the red in terms of the amount of money that you've dished out versus the, the, you know, the services they provided. And when you are in that situation, you created that, that means that the contractors will show up, they're going to produce quality work, and you don't have issues. You don't, you don't have these issues. And this all comes down to money. And that's how one of the things that I see often how times new real estate investors uh, do, uh, the mistakes that they make. And I strongly, the one of the things I advocate for that could hold on to your money as much of your money as possible. And part of that whole scope of work when you're creating an agreement, when you reach a contractual agreement with the trades, is to create a payment schedule so that everybody understands what's happening. Like if you produce this, when you produce this, I'm sorry, this, that's when you'll get paid. And there has to be milestones put within the whole process of the contract or the whole project. And oftentimes, another thing that I find one of the mistakes that people make uh, is uh, that they don't leave enough money at the end to hold back to make sure that the contractor finishes. Me as a contractor, as a general contractor, I'm telling you that the last 5% of a project are the most daunting, the most difficult, because there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and fix this, you know, these little things that add up to a lot. And as contractors, if you are able to skedaddle your way out of there, which some contractors will, they will get out of it, even because it's not worth it for them to waste that much time in fixing those little doodads. So what I, again, encourage is to hold back as much money as possible that forces that contractor or tradesperson contractually and morally and all that good stuff, money that they better complete everything and then get paid. So those are just some of the things that I teach people that I walk and I explain thoroughly to people that, uh, that, that, and that's one of the reasons why they're so successful in saving money and it empowers them. They learn the skill set. So it's an amazing process and I enjoy, I enjoy engaging people. I love, I love uh, walking people through it and um, it's a great process. I, I enjoy, I enjoy helping people. Nice. Very cool. So guys, that's a great tip that he just added in there. Don't pay too much up front. Minimize your out-of-pocket. And I like to refer to that, that money at the end as the comeback money, right? Or the holdout money, right? So basically, whenever I'm doing any of my renovations, you know, I don't put a ton of money up front typically. I usually put up about a quarter, um, which will go towards the materials. Or I will, even if it's a new contractor, I will go to the store with them and buy the materials that they need. And I don't pay them any money typically until the project is about half of the way through. Again, it depends on your relationship with your contractor, um, you know, and the scope of work as well, too. These things are going to definitely be, be, you know, variables in the equation here. Uh, but regardless, we hold 15%, no matter what, until the very, very, very end, until every single thing is done. And if, this, and if it's not on the scope of work, well, then we may need to make an adjustment to the scope of work or add new stuff on. Right, you don't want to try to add stuff on for the same price. That's not really fair to the contractor, right? So if there are modifications, then the, there may need to be new negotiations. But 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 essentially, though, if you get really good at, at getting your scope of work, you know, finalized, or you know, another word would be, or another way to describe that is complete before the project even starts, and you're not having to add additional stuff to it. You need to have the holdback money or the comeback money, and I typically hold about fifteen percent out. Until every single item, not 95% of those items or 99% of those items, 100% of those items, all of them are complete. Then they get that last 15%, but not a moment sooner than every single item is complete. 
And if they don't want to finish one of those items, well, then they don't get that extra 15%. And again, that's really where a scope of work comes in. Um, and it's also a good idea to, you know, have a little agreement in that scope of work on the payment terms, right? The scope of work is just basically what needs to be accomplished, but it's also good to, to have in there those payment terms and, and, and define and describe to them that you have this, you know, close out or hold out money or we call it the internally, the, the comeback money, right? They're not going to come back if you've paid them hundred percent of the project when they're 75% done. Right. They may stop right then and there, or they may just finish it up to the 95% mark and then they're done. They're out. It's going to be impossible to get them to come back. So great advice, Van. I absolutely uh, agree with everything you said today. Um, I don't always agree with all with everything people say that come on my show, but well, uh, in this case, I did. I think that you uh, definitely would make for a great teacher, guys. If you are looking to learn more about, you know, scopes of work and reducing your rehab budget. Van has an amazing program. Go check it out. You can find it over on vansurgeon.com. He even gives away some freebies. Um, if you, you know, aren't ready to jump into, to, you know, a, a program with him, but you want to get a free calculator, you know, or, or learn more about, you know, generating your scope of work and, and learning more tips and tricks. Um, you can find all that stuff over on his website. Again, it's vansturgeon.com. It's his full name. Um, and then if you want to connect with Van, Facebook, Instagram, or again, head on over to that website and check out his contact page. You can connect with him via email over there. Uh, but again, guys, remove yourself from being, or I'm sorry, remove your GC and become that person, right? If you become the general contractor, you are going to save money because you're not paying somebody else to do that job. You're also going to learn a lot about the business. I highly encourage people to be their own general contractor, Van. Highly encourage, right? And maybe after a while, you decide that you don't want to be. And cost isn't the issue. Saving 30 to 50% of the rehab doesn't matter to you anymore. Well, that's fine, right? But if you don't know these things, guys, it's also going to be one of these things where you're going to get taken to the bank or the cleaners, however you want to look at it, by GCs, right? Because if you don't know these costs, the cost of certain things, they're going to just tell you what these costs are and you're going to believe them. And then you're going to end up paying 50% more for a rehab, Right. So yep. again, highly encourage you guys to learn, you know, all these different, different uh, things, how to put together that scope of work, how to get a, a, an agreement signed by your contractor that lays everything out because then there's no arguing down the road. It's let's reference our paperwork that we both signed, right? It says here that we're going to do this. If this happens, has this happened? No. Well, then we're not doing this. Not yet. Right. It's very simple. It's very clean, cut and dry, black and white. And that's really what we want especially when we're dealing with contractors, because if you're listening to this and you've dealt with contractors already, you probably aren't thinking that this is the most fun experience, right? It's not always the most fun experience because people are going to have a difference of opinions and whatnot, right? But again, having a scope of work, having an agreement with that contractor is going to eliminate animosity and or arguments down the road. And guess what? The first time you do this, it's probably not going to be perfect, guys. Let's be honest, but you're going to learn. And by the fifth or sixth or seventh time you do this, you're going to have a pretty awesome template for your scope of work. And you're going to have a pretty awesome template for your contractor agreements. And you're going to keep learning as you go. Uh, Van here has a thousand doors. So he's probably done thousands of rehabs. So he is going to also be able to, to get you guys on the fast track, right? So you're not having to make all the same mistakes that he's made. So Van, thanks for coming on the show today. 
It's been a really good, it's been a pleasure. I'm grateful for your time. I learned a few things. I, I typically, you know, I typically do. I'm not perfect by any means, always trying to learn new things. And I'm confident the audience and the listeners and the viewers here, you know, learned a few things as well, man. Very, very helpful. Um, you have a, an, a very impressive background, I have to say. Anybody that's got a thousand doors is a master at this business in my eyes. So uh, again, thank you for coming. It was great to get to know you and network with you. Um, any parting tips, tricks, or words of advice for our audience today? I, I continue to listen to uh, a great podcast like yours. Uh, you've got lots of uh, great information. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of yours, and I, and I encourage people to keep listening. And you put out great content. And by the virtue of that and going out to your local REIs, your meetup groups, you start to create, you start to get all that information together. And really, the next step is, if you really want to be successful, you need to take the next step and actually get mentorship, get coaching. And, and, so, and unfortunately, sometimes it costs money. But if you should start making that investment first in yourself before you start making an investment in a property or whatever, by making an investment in yourself, you will see tremendous dividends in you being uh, able to you know, navigate a wolf through treacherous waters, become a successful real estate investor. It's like, it's like learning how to play an instrument. You can go grab a guitar without any and just sit there bumbling along. It'll take you a couple of years and maybe you'll figure out a chord or two. Maybe. But if you have a musical <laughs> instructor, guitar instructor right beside you, that's going to show you how to hold a guitar, what to do, what not to do, whack you over the side of the head if you're making a mistake. That in itself is tremendous. And it'll get you from point A to point Z a lot quicker than you fumbling and stumbling around. So those are the types of things I encourage people. So I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I think uh, there's lots of great information that people have been able to get from, uh, from our conversation. And uh, I'd love to come back on to talk some more. So thank you very much for having me. Hey, you're welcome, Van. Thank you for coming on again. I'm grateful for your time. Um, guys, again, if you want to learn more from Van and or just take advantage of some of the freebies that he has, head on over to vansturgeon.com. He's got some really cool stuff over there for you. This guy is a pro. So if you want to learn how to really take it to the next level and, and deep dive on how you can save between 30 and 50% on your renovations or your rehabs, he is the guy that's going to teach this stuff to you. And uh, again, I agree with everything you said on this. Great tips and tricks. Thank you so much for coming on. Van, you have an awesome day. Guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.